Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to the Fitter, Healthier Dad podcast, where you can learn how to improve your diet, lose fat, and get fitter in a sustainable and fun way without spending hours in the gym. Here is your host, Darren Kirby. Welcome back to the podcast, guys. This is the number one podcast for dads in their 40s who want to improve their health and fitness. This is episode 55, and joining me on today's show is Matt Lovell from Amino Man. Matt is a specialist performance nutritionist with 20 years practical experience in elite sports. Matt has worked directly with international teams like England Rugby, football teams such as Manchester City, Tottenham and Aston Villa, and many individual athletes such as Johnny Wilkinson, James Haskell, Jermaine Defoe, Jodie Taylor, Will Sharman, to name but a few. Hi Matt, thanks very much for joining me on the podcast today. How are you? Very good, thank you. How how are you? Yeah, good, thanks. Enjoying the weather, and I'm uh, glad to say that you know we don't have to start a podcast off talking about uh, lockdown and all the rest of it. I think that's we're kind of kind of coming out of that. So yeah, no, really enjoying the sunshine and enjoying about yeah, getting back a little bit to a bit more normal uh, way of life. So Matt, before we um, kick off with the the show today. Um, you've got a really interesting um, and in-depth background. So for people that haven't come across Matt Lovell before, an Amino Man, can we get a bit of backstory on you and how you came to create Amino Man? Yeah, sure. The um, Without without kind of life-storying it, um, <laughs> I've been in the, in the working as a professional nutritionist for 20, almost exactly 20 years now. Uh, wow. Before that, I was a personal trainer for about right. ten, ten years. Before that, so kind of in the in the realm. Um, I, I suppose from a really early age, I, I've always had a sort of enthusiasm and a passion for all things training and nutrition related. And that yeah. stems from um, just getting involved in martial arts from age twelve. Right. Um, it was a. It was obviously pre-internet, so all you had was books if you were lucky, and plus ad- advice from other people. And I went through a kind of standard, standard academic route, and then realised actually I could uh, make a career out of what was a, a, a very passionate hobby, right. which was you know training, nutrition, and, and martial arts. So yeah. that was that was the journey really, and and I've been lucky enough along the way uh to 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 work in elite sports across premiership football premiership rugby england rugby for a long time 15 years i was wow. a nutritionist in england rugby so f- four world cup cycles there but all, just also lots and lots of normal people yeah so yeah. i i've started life out on um working in a clinic on harley street for okay. five or six years so we saw everyone it specialized in female hormonal health so endometriosis polycystic ovarian syndrome but you you'd invariably get a long list of people that have been to every specialist to try and sort problems out and then suddenly they thought oh it might be my nutrition yeah so that's where i cut my cloth in a way because you'd be you know you'd be eight eight hours a day seeing lots of different people with lots of different problems and trying to find solutions for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and in terms of, in terms of uh, Amino Man, uh, we, we used back in the day, me and uh, Dr. Adam Carey, who we, we were doing the nutrition for the England rugby squad. We used everything you could take naturally. So right. aminos, vitamins, minerals, herbs, to maximize recovery, lean mass, uh, sleep, all those kinds of things. So we had lots of different protocols right? and lots of different pots of supplements that we used to send to the players. And it was quite complicated. You know, they might, they'd have a two page letter and up to 16 pots of powders to mix together. Wow. And then uh, about five years ago, I thought, 
actually I could I could take the bits that we use which we really found effective and then consolidate those all into simple so- solutions so yeah. and, and make them taste as nice as I could uh in, right. in, without using artificial sweeteners and so on and that was the that was the sort of birth of the amino man route really yeah yeah so that's a a potted history <laughs> yeah yeah, it's 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 very interesting. I think um, a couple of things really. One is, you know, as we already discussed, really, that the supplement industry um, is so broad and there's so many different elements to it. Um, it's understanding really kind of what it is that you need and what products are on the market, you know, which which are right for you. And obviously, you know, you've come from a background which you've gone through professional sport and you've, you know, identified the various different elements which make up, you know, the, the, the supplements and everything else that people need for various different uses, i.e. performance or, you know, general health. So, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a fascinating topic for me personally. But, but also, I think the other thing that you picked up on, you mentioned there about being 15 years um for uh, a nutritionist for English rugby for for me and my, my son plays rugby it, it's kind of the the rugby landscape if you like has changed dramatically hasn't it for me anyway because, because I, I would say 20 years ago it was very much about you know, your big brawn almost beer belly type um players and now when you look at them now and you look at the younger guys that are coming through the sport, they are absolute, you know, refined machines, aren't they? Yes, they're still big, but, you know, the kind of whole beer, the beer belly and all that kind of stuff is definitely gone. And and they're absolute, you know, solid muscular units now. So was you were you in that period in English rugby when you kind of that transition changed and what kind of prompted it? Well, I think one of the reasons we were successful back there is we got the jump on the other international teams. Uh, right. And I think we did that both both from a conditioning and fitness perspective, but also with the, with the backup uh, in terms of the clinical nutrition. So we, you know, we were running the bloods. We were, we were right. identifying deficiencies. We were, we had, every player had an individualized uh, food and supplementation plan right and that's that's what got us the the edge as, as it were mm. obviously combined you know in terms of high performance i think it it always starts with a unique group of players you can, you can right. never you can never not acknowledge that but once you've got those you know uniquely talented individuals mm. and and the right coaching staff yeah if you've got those two things and then you've got the best fitness programming and the best weights programming and then you and then you feed them all properly then you've mm. got then you've got a winning combination and yeah to answer your question we were just at we were just on the other side of that curve really so the the game had not long gone fully professional so right a lot of the lads were from the old era and were enjoying all the 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 new support they were getting by being full time professional athletes. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think it's yeah. I think it for me it's it's just really fascinating. Like you say, you know, it is um it's, it's definitely a step change, and I, and I hadn't actually realised it was at that point when when it all became professional. Um, but that you know that that just completely makes sense so well when we're talking about amino man though matt you you obviously you know you realize that you could put all of these together and and formulate a really good um product for the market so what did you see at the time kind of outside of just you know putting all of these pots together what did you see that was kind of missing or the industry needed which prompted you to create your products well, there was a couple of things. Uh, one was that generally to make something effective, you had to buy all the individual components and put it together. Yeah. And the reason 
for that is probably uh, all about profits. So, right. you know, people can list a few items on a label and, and pop, pop like token amounts of the nutrients in. Mm-hmm. But they've got they've got the ingredient listed, but the effect the dosages aren't clinically effective. Yeah. So that was one thing. So that's that's one of the fundamental philosophies behind Amino Man is is you know never use token amounts of any nutrient. Just and that obviously affects um, the kind of monetary side side of things because they yeah. cost quite a lot of money to produce. Yeah. Um, so it, sque- it squeezes everything down a bit. And the only the only exception to that is sometimes if you're including an antioxidant blend, and yeah. that that wouldn't be in there for for the actual merits of the antioxidant blend, but it would be in there to protect the other nutrients, so that yeah. the shelf life is better, and then and then the product remains effective for longer, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So that was certainly I there was a need in that sort of sense. And then there was there was also for me is looking at things like just the amount of artificial sweeteners that were in standard yeah. whey protein and and I'm I'm not really a fan of those. Uh, right. Generally, I think if you can consume the minimum amount of additives, preservatives, chemicals, then that's a good thing for health. So yeah, you know, opting for natural solutions in terms of that sort of sense, and then. The, I think there was a little bit of a gap in terms in terms of specific. This is being filled, but much more now. But specific pro, uh, products for like new nootropics, mental yeah. focus. But you're seeing a massive rise in this area now, which is you know because people need to perform at their maximum. Yeah, mentally, but be it a busy executive, you know, who's got to you know be fully fully firing on all eight cylinders all day long in meetings and yeah. so on to someone that needs to not drop off at all for 90 minutes you know there's yeah there's no room for error if you if you lose concentration or focus then a mistake will be made and then that's when that's when goals are scored or tries or tries are made yeah. or or in the ring that's when you get you get hit a bit too hard and it puts you off your game plan yeah so yeah, so it was a mixture of things like that, and and then along the way, it was thinking. Well, people were coming to me and saying, "Well, Matt, do you do do you do a green tea? Do you do a creatine?" So there's a few things that I okay. make, which are, you know, they're they're the best uh, types of creatine. They're the best green tea I can find. Yeah, but, but you can also, you know, you can get those things from many different places as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's very interesting. I think, like you said, you know, there is, I've noticed, you know, there there is a huge rise in this appetite for um, just what I would call ordinary, you know, not not professional sportsmen, but ordinary either recreational um, athletes or just people in general wanting to get a better performance. And this is not necessarily related to fitness it's you know like cognitive performance and alertness and um awakeness you know i think there's Mm. people are starting to realize that they they don't necessarily have to accept where they're at um and i think that was the biggest thing for me when i kind of changed my um nutrition and i realized you know the impact that it can have and and it's not to it's definitely not to be underestimated and, and i find it really difficult to kind of convey this and get this across to to people that i work with and that is ordinarily when you think about fitness and nutrition it's it comes from either a weight standpoint or an aesthetic standpoint where actually you know the the unexpected results i guess of of improving your nutrition are you know for, for me personally it was about the, the the kind of mental fog that was lifted yeah and then once you realize the effects that your nutrition can have it kind of just gives you the appetite to want to discover more and i think that potentially is where this this demand for you know uh, performance is coming from uh, and i don't mean an athletic performance i mean just a general you know cognitive performance so are you seeing more people coming to you and asking you those questions around, well, you know, 
I, I've done X, Y, Z. Um, what supplements can I take which are natural, which can help me perform even better? Yeah, so there's a few things in there. I think I think one of the things is often guys will get to 40-something and yep. then just start to not feel on top of their game at all. Yeah. And for, for me, you know, I, I think that is that's an unnatural place to be you shouldn't you shouldn't be feeling that different probably up to 65 than you did when you were 25 okay I think obviously there will be some changes in that you will need to spend longer in recovery mode right um, and you you know you can't smash out two a days day on day on day so there's obvious things that slow down but in terms of well-being cognitive performance testosterone levels they shouldn't be that and even strength and fitness they shouldn't be that different to when you're 65 to when you're 25 and yet what we see all the time is guys really struggling you know yeah could could be depression could be in the bedroom could be lackluster could be mental fog all these things that quite frequently kick in uh in 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 your even early 40s people can Mm -hmm. start reporting this these type type of set of symptoms um and i i like you i've 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 gone through periods where you you know you might not always get everything right and then and if you do start eating a suboptimal diet quite quickly you start to feel exactly like all these other people are feeling and and you realize why all these you know fast food choices poor foods really do mess with your metabolism mm. and well-being and nutrient deficiencies will affect your your testosterone balance i mean people talk about an andropause but actually if you look at people that keep a healthy level of body fat and train train intensively with resistance and you know good yeah. level of endurance work your testosterone levels shouldn't shouldn't really drop off suddenly like that there's maybe a slight steady decline over from 25 to 65 but it wouldn't be more than say five percent in a healthy in a healthy male yeah Yeah. and and it's it's a wonderful thing when you start to plug the gaps and help people feel better Mm. i mean even in even in just a sort of in the body condition sense i've lost count of the amount of people who you if you start them on a decent fish oil collagen and then all these little niggles and yeah. people that haven't been able to run, now they're running again. They're, if they get a slight niggle, they recover quicker from it. You know, I had a little bit of a wake-up call this week because I'd, I'd laid off my collagen for a couple of weeks and then got a couple of little niggles. And I was like, mm, right. I think I'm going to have to – I do believe in cycling supplements, but I think collagen's going to have to go back in as one of my staple yeah or go to ones just in terms of tissue recovery yeah and you know sleep is the same you know a lot i think at any given moment 25% of the population has got some kind of sleep disorder yeah but if you if i i always like to boil things back down to very simple take home messages so and if you can't if you can't write the answer on the back of a postcard it's probably cuz you don't understand the the area enough yourself yeah and and so if we if we boil you know human performance back down to simple areas it's it's sleep well eat well train well and then in in the middle of all that try and stay as happy and as have as much laughter and all that sort of thing in your life as you can yeah um and so quite often we're just i'll be looking at things like that and trying trying to assess assess need and assess status i think i think the other area people often don't do well is they don't they don't do bloods they don't do hormonal work yep they may not have a decent tracker so you can say to someone well you know we need to be specific about this we need to get some numbers on this so that once we put an intervention in place we can we can show a measurable performance uh, improvement so it's really it's applying the kind of the same models you use in elite sports, uh, yeah, into the corporate arena and and into the into individuals that come along with help with their nutrition. 
Yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, there's there's loads of things in there that I kind of want to pick out on. And I think, you know, the, the biggest one is that I think it's changing, but I think largely it's almost like you get to, you know, you start to get older or you start to get over this magic number of 40. And it's almost like it's socially acceptable that you start to deteriorate. And I don't agree with that at all I don't think and, and and you made a really good point there about being you know the same condition or the same feeling when you're 25 as when you're 65 and I completely agree with that I mean obviously I've not got to 65 yet so I don't know but um yeah th- there is no reason um around why you shouldn't be and if you are then you know you, you should I think definitely question why that is but also around you know getting testing and and getting all you know stats markers and everything else we've never been in a time where it's been so easy to do that now where are there you know there are all these these online companies where you can have your bloods done they will look that they are looked at by a professional doctor and you get your results back um now i'm not saying you can then go and implement that you probably need to speak to someone about it but but the the point i'm trying to make is that you don't necessarily need to put up with where you're at. Um, and there are some very simple basic changes that, you know, you can make, you know, you mentioned there about collagen. Um, I drink bone broth daily. Um, yeah. But but when you when you say that to somebody, you know, even I even my it's funny, my mum was here yesterday and she went in my fridge and she was like, bone broth, what's that for? And, and it's like, you know, that that to me just is crazy that we, as a society, we don't necessarily know what that is and how effective that can be on your general health. Um, so, yeah, I think it's, yeah, I think it's very important that we realise that, you know, and the other things, um, Matt, as well, you know, when, and I don't know if this is a middle-aged male thing, an ego thing, but recovery. So I think recovery is way underestimated. Mm. Um and I've learned the hard way, actually, Matt, by actually, you know, going too far um, and get, getting overly fatigued um, and thinking that because I'm fitter now than I was when I was in my 20s, I can just keep going. And, oh, no. you know, your body just can't, can it? It has to recover. And, you know, a lot of I've done a lot of reading on this and, and you know, you will probably know this better than anybody. You know, the, a lot of your gains actually come when you rest and recover always yeah yeah always i think it is hard if you if you love your training um yeah because because you can be so enthusiastic that you don't actually factor in pure recovery as a session yeah um but i think sometimes you can for, for the for the person that's always wanting to strive to improve you can make you can sometimes make those recovery sessions into more of a kind of event as it were i mean it could be it could be hot yoga yeah so that is you know that's quite quite challenging in its own right um mm-hmm. it could be it could be a roller session i've seen a couple of guys on youtube doing um roller sessions with one of those uh, breathing restricted masks on Okay. No, so you yeah. might you might do um you might be doing say twenty jumping jacks and then roll a few bits of your lower extremity and then it, basically in you enter the space the the roller session with a little bit of aerobics and because you've got the breathing restricted device you're you're training your um your diaphragm muscles a little bit along the way. Mm-hmm. So it makes yeah. it makes that whole. I know a lot of the guy a lot of guys. I'm I'm one of them. I won't necessarily do a dedicated stretching routine. It has to be something that's integrated in something else, which is a little bit more tasty. Yeah. yeah so, but as, as you get older, if you don't do the, if you don't do the flexibility work, all that happens is it just comes back to bite you in the ass and you'll end up with a, a niggle or a tear or a pull. Yeah. And it, that becomes more and more important. That's something I've noticed. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think, for me now, as much as I love Ironman as a sport, what I've realized is that movement and mobility are going to be absolutely key for me as I get older. Um, 
and, and in order for me to continually have an an, an active and a, I guess a an injury free life movement and mobility and making sure that I can move in ways that the body should be able to move is is very very important um and yeah I'm just kind of learning all about that that area now but Matt you you were talking about some of the other things about you know sleep and testosterone levels and things like that so but before we dive into you know what supplements are right for that kind of thing in a general sense, when we're thinking about testosterone levels and we're thinking about sleep, what kind of modalities or protocols do you recommend before you start going down the supplement route? For, well, sleep, sleep would be, um, it, it sounds obvious and wherever you go, there's a ton of information on this on the internet. But it yeah. would it would be the sleep hygiene route, right? And it it's funny actually. A lot of a lot of the things that really work are the things that are super obvious, but they're the things that people just don't do. Yeah. So I was having a conversation with someone the other day, uh, and he he was like saying, "I've got all the sleep hygiene covered, blue light, yeah. etc." And as we dug deeper into his routines. It then transpired that he he'd always gone to sleep with the TV on because he liked the white noise in the background. Wow! So I was like that. So so I said, "Well, have you got a TV in your bedroom then?" And he's like, "Yeah." And and I, and I was like, "Well, come on, you know, you, you you're breaking <laughs> you're breaking the rules already." And you said you were you were on top of your sleep hygiene. Yeah. So that, you know that exposure to blue light is is an obvious yeah. one, and you can you can adjust your phone settings so it tones down the blue light at night you can do the same on your computer you can get glasses which tone it down but actually the best thing to do is just not be near any of those devices for a couple of hours before you want to go to sleep um similarly you wouldn't want to be watching an action-packed adrenaline-based movie which is going to be you know possibly spiking your cortisol and adrenaline if if it's a good movie and you're into it because that's going to take a little bit of time to unwind unwind from in the evening so there's all there's all those sorts of side of things and that ties into the uh the autonomic nervous system so really when you want to when you want to be getting ready to sleep you want to be in parasympathetic dominance so it's rest mm-hmm. it's digest it's breathing slowly and then, and you want to be flipping that on the on the head for the for the morning stuff in the morning you want to be yeah, uh, let's go. Let's get up. Stress stress hormones are going to be useful for you then. Mm-hmm. In, f- in fact, for people that get burnout, sometimes they don't have enough stress hormones to get get up and get going in the morning. So you have that extreme morning fatigue. So right. I think regulating the body around the the art of relaxation, I suppose, right. and it is a skill. And the people that can master that are the ones that do better. Yeah. Um, and animal animals are quite good to watch because you could. I don't if I don't know if you've got any pets, pets, but um, uh, years ago I had a I had a cat that had probably the fight of her life. Um, <laughs> to within an inch of the, uh, you know, of yeah. getting kind of murdered, kind of thing. And then within 15 minutes, she was asleep purring on my lap. Right. So animals animals can switch between parasympathetic and sympathetic, right? Un, you know, unconsciously. Whereas, whereas human a human in the same situation would be coming in and be thinking, what if that dog's outside tomorrow? I right. can't go out. And then you'd be starting to overthink it. And then yeah. you'd end up in a permanent state of low-grade stress. Right. And, I, you know, that can be... That can be the the pressure deadline. It can be the boss that's being a bit of a pain in the ass. You know, it's about managing all the people around you, your relationships, yeah. and it, it's it's difficult. You know, it takes a lot of work, and it takes a skill set really, a separate skill set to nutrition and supplementation. Yeah, that's where I'd start. You know, that's where I'd start people, and then and then I'd start looking into well 
is the where where is the nutritional stress so yeah. is is the person chronically dehydrated right obvious place to start but lots of people just don't get that one right but especially yeah. in this weather i i put out a slide the other day on how much sweat you lose in a in around an hour of exercise in 15 degrees versus 25 degrees and it's nearly three times as much wow i think i think i, I had a sweatsuit on the other day and i lost 2.7 kilos in 45 minutes wow so so yeah so if you're if you're not on top of the hydration then you're going to put your body in a state of stress so a de yeah. a dehydrated brain will produce more cortisol yeah and then and then people might be in a might which is really common especially in lockdown i think with the stress of everything booze sales have gone up massively i think waitrose yeah. booze is up by 140 percent wow because people are going for a substance which they feel like will be lowering their stress whereas in fact it's going to be increasing the stress yeah. on the system mm -hmm. and then and then you you know you can get in that cycle of a you know a down a down a few wines at night and then loads of coffee in the morning because you you're feeling all groggy mm. And then the caf the caffeine is is an additional stressor. Sugar sugar's a stressor in excess. Yeah, it will be it will be pushing that insulin system. And if you're getting highs and lows, when you get the low, you'll release stress hormones in order to create energy. Yeah, and that that brings me on to one of the first things I get clients to do, which is is a is a notion of metabolic flexibility so by by reducing refined carbs and excess carbohydrate intake and shifting people over more to vegetables um moderate protein good fats you encourage the body to be better at burning fat yeah and then in that situation if you suddenly skip a meal you don't get the sugar crash because your body can just use fat for fuel and Let's yep. face it, we've all got, many of us got enough, of, even if you're lean, you've got enough of that to survive for quite a while. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that, that those would be some of my first routes before before I'd consider any supplementation. And and that for me, you know, that what you've explained there, for, for people listening who perhaps, you know, this is all new to them, it might seem quite complicated and quite overwhelming, but actually... If you just take one area at a time, so for for example, like sleep hygiene, it's actually all very basic stuff, isn't it? It's just a, a basic level of understanding and some common sense that you need to apply, you know, particularly around, for example, things like, and my kids hate me for this, but the, the blue light scenario. So obviously the blue light, which, you know, reduces the melatonin production in the body, um, which then doesn't put you in the right kind of state to get a nice night's sleep. Mm -hmm. um, having things like that, you know, in place. And yes, it might seem inconvenient and, and uncomfortable, um, particularly if you've, you've you've got a job where you have to work late. But then there are, are other things, like you said, like the blue light blocking glasses that you can use. So, you know, little things like that and little changes like that can yield huge results in the long term and one thing that i want to kind of point out to people is that you know don't expect miraculous results when you just do it for a night you know it, it has to it has to be consistent over a period of time doesn't it 100 percent. and and back to what you can't measure you can't improve yeah use use something to to track your sleep quality so if you feel yeah. like it's a problem get yep. some num get some numbers on it and there's there's so many devices that do a good job of measuring that at the moment yeah and, there and is i mean I, i'm i'm mr tracker i yeah. think at the moment so i've got a sleep cycle app i've got the aura ring which i'm using to track and i've got a, a continual glucose monitor in my arm at the moment because i'm you know i want to understand blood sugar in a, in a lot oh, more detail but but yeah there, there you're right there are lots of simple things that you can use but matt so if if people have got to that stage let's make an assumption that they've gone through all the kind of basics that we've discussed and then you know they they've seen the results they've seen Im improvements 
and then they want to start looking at supplements so they can kind of take it to the next level. You know, there's a, there's a lot of talk about us being deficient in various areas. For example, like vitamin D um, and magnesium is starting to become a big one as well now. So yeah. where would you say that people start? Because it, there's like supplementation is huge. And you, you know you could probably spend your month's salary on supplements, mm. um, but where would you say people start to look at? Well, first, I think it's it's in terms of prioritizing needs. So, yep. it, you, you know, with a simple symptom questionnaire or short interview, or people will just know. Look, this is I'm feeling really bad in this area. Yeah. Um, if we think about sleep, then. Um, magnesium is is a commonly uh, deficient mineral mm-hmm. um probably because of intensive farming so right, okay you, you you only need nitrogen and phosphorus for something to grow yeah really, really quickly and big you d- you don't need any of the trace minerals so if if people don't let the fields go fallow and really invest in the quality of the soil um year on year then invariably the the produce you grow in the soil will be will be lower in trace minerals but you can assume that if you have you can you could look at a series of magnesium deficient symptoms or better still correlate that with a with a blood test yeah Um, magnesium deficiency symptoms can be things like twitchy eye lots of people Lots of people report getting that. You know, that's where you get that little tiny flicker in yeah. in, in the edge of your eye, and that can also occur in in uh, in muscles as well. Okay. Yeah, another magnesium deficiency um, symptom is muscle cramping. So, okay. As long as you've hydrated and used electrolytes, if your muscles are still cramping up, unusually, that can often be uh, magnesium. Yeah. Um. And it, people people sometimes refer to magnesium as the stress mineral. Um, so, if you increase the amount of magnesium you consume, you know you can do it through foods. But if you if you really want to know that you you definitely need two hundred milligrams or three hundred milligrams, then a supplementation is is the you know preferable route. Yeah. Uh, and if you take that at night, and the chances are you'll sleep a bit deeper. Right. Um, so you can you can you can look at that. You could just get a supplement, try it for a couple of weeks, and look at the re- the difference in the results on on the sleep tracker. Yeah, vitamin D uh, is another one which is right up there with probably more insufficiency and deficiency in the population generally, just because right. we don't go outside as much as we should do. Um, really important given the current um, pandemic because. Yeah there's a direct correlation between uh vitamin d deficiency and severity of covid symptoms which was okay. in a recent study so right now it's for free so you can as long as you yeah. yeah you just just go out and i think the caveat is try not to you know don't burn because skin sunburn is dna damage so yeah kind of get get brown slowly and carefully and probably get 20 to 30 minutes in the morning and then and then use sunscreen sunscreen blocks your absorption of vitamin d right so that's something we discovered a, a while ago we we knew it was the case but we were getting we were getting footballers and rugby players coming back off summer holiday looking as brown as a nut yeah and the vit d was still lower than we'd expect right because everyone's you know rightfully paranoid about skin cancer but yeah i think you know if you get a moderate amount and don't burn i think it's a it's a safe and natural route to top up your vitamin d and then you can then you can supplement you know october through to march right i think the the phrase when you're when your shadow's longer than you are tall uh the chances are the sun isn't strong enough to give you enough vitamin D just because of the angle that it shines right, okay. in the atmosphere. Yeah. So that's quite a nice one. Yeah. Um, and then you can take, you know, you, you can safely take a couple of thousand IUs through the winter months, unless you, unless you're going for some winter sun and then you can stop taking it. 
Right. Okay. So right now I wouldn't be using that at all because it's there's no point because the body's going to be making tons every day. Yeah. Just, just through being outside and training in the sun. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I think. Um, yeah, I think that's the important one. Um, but I just wanted to. I don't. I don't, don't want to kind of go too much on, off on a tangent with this. But there's there's the correlation between vitamin D and vitamin K. Can you explain mm. explain what that is? Well, what what you've got with almost every vitamin and mineral is that they won't they won't work alone. Right. Um, so. And this is one reason why high dosing with single supplements is, isn't a good idea okay. for, for long periods of time, certainly. Yeah. So they, they all work in a concert, really. Um, so in order, for, in order for vitamin D to have its regulatory effects on calcium, you have to have vitamin K, K1 and K2. Okay. And, so, you know, for... It's hard to measure K2 in the blood, actually. There's only indirect measures. Okay. Some people suggest that due to the obsession with consuming lower-fat foods, that vitamin K2 can can get a bit low in athletes. Okay. Um, So K2 is at least as important as vitamin D for bone mineral density. Yeah. Um, And that's that's what vitamin D is most widely known for because it's the – you know, when it was first discovered, it was the kids in the cities who were developing rickets and the, and the yeah. kids in the countryside had nice straight legs and strong bones. So one of one of the key roles of vitamin D is to regulate calcium metabolism. Right. Now, so where, where you want calcium to end up is in the bones. Yeah. And where you don't want it to end up is in the arteries as calcification. Right. So both magnesium and K2 will make sure that that, the calcium gets into the bones and doesn't get into the tissues. Okay. So for things like arterial stiffness, which is a, which is one of the ways you can s- slowly uh, develop a- atherosclerosis or so furring of the arteries. Yeah. You want adequate levels of all the cofactors along alongside the vitamin D, um, and that without you know plugging amino man too much, that's my my um vitamin d complex is is just that it's the vitamin yeah. d 2000 units but it's got all the other cofactors with it cool yeah yeah no, that yeah that that makes perfect sense so you mentioned a little bit there about multivitamins well you you actually mentioned about you know not taking individual vitamins in large doses so I've got a kind of a view on multivitamins and it will be really interesting to get your view on this. And that is that there, again, there are so many on the market, but my understanding of them are, is that the large majority of them, and I don't know if this is price related, obviously you're in the industry, so you will know better than me, um, that they put the bare minimum of the recommended daily amount in the multivitamins. So I guess there's two questions, really. One, you know, you obviously make a multivitamin. Do you recommend it? And and two, you know, what should people be looking out for when they're choosing a multivitamin? Well, that's a really good question. So, like a lot of things, you can you can get you can get a multivitamin from one company. It's going to be very very different to a multivitamin for another company. Yeah. So, so some. Some multivits will have just a small selection of nutrients and they'll all be at 100% of the RDA, so the recommended daily allowance. Now, generally, that will be the lowest amount that you need to guard against the deficiency symptom associated with deficiency in that vitamin or mineral. So, for example, if you have less than 60 milligrams of vitamin C, you you you're at risk of getting scurvy okay so scurvy is the is where your collagen falls apart so obviously not very nice um, yeah and it was one of the earliest vitamin deficiencies discovered on you know with sailors okay so, so they 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 then sent them off with 
with limes and lemons, so that's why they ended. We end up being called limeys. <laughs> right, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. So, so you, so whilst it will guard against deficiency and disease, you, you, you then got to think about well, what would be the optimum amount of vitamin C to boost immune system function, mm-hmm. and that might be closer to two hundred and fifty milligrams. Right. So, so. So you have to sort of pick through and see, well, has the multivit got uh, all the nutrients you need? Um, and are they at the levels that you'd expect mm-hmm. for, for the money for the money you're paying for that nutrient? And then the next the next thing to say is a lot of the vitamins are um, derived from synthetic sources, so they're not food food derived, right? So there's a big movement now to only get your bivits from food form and not not from coal tar. So most cheap B vitamins are made from coal tar. Right. Um, and you can sometimes tell that because when you pop open the lid of a cheap multi or a cheap bivit, it really sm- doesn't smell that good. Right, okay. Um, now, that being said, you will your body will still make use of those um, B vitamins, but it, it won't be in an optimal way. Um, and then, and then the final thing with a quality multi is that often you need the minerals, um, in the most highly absorbable form. So the best way to absorb minerals is when they're bound to amino acids or other complexes. So you might have a citrate form of a mineral which will have a higher absorption profile yeah. as opposed to an oxide formula but mm-hmm. if if you're magnesium deficient you can still take magnesium oxide and it will help you yeah but it's going to be 30% less good than taking a magnesium glycinate for example okay. so it's it's what you can afford and how how well you want that vitamin to work with your body mm. and also getting it in the form which is as close to nature intended yeah so i i do make a multi um and i think my my the phrase i use is it, it's like an insurance policy against deficiencies okay so we can't necessarily guarantee what's in the food but you can guarantee what's in a multi bit yeah but also I am against high dosing even a, a nutrient complex like a multivitamin for too long. So I I make one which is the full dose is three tablets a day, but okay. I quite often only take one a day. Right. Um, it just means that the, t- the, the bottle's going to last you a really long time, which is one good thing. So it suddenly becomes comparable to some of the really budget vitamins, but you're but you're then getting a very high quality of all everything I've just spoke about. All the yeah, all the B bits will be enzyme activated. All the minerals, uh, amino acid chelated, and and everything's derived from food food form sources. Yeah. So, so it's a, it's a complex area that. But you, yeah, I think you can you know you can waste money, and not do your body the justice you you know. I th- the thing is is. It brings me on to another point. It's it's often quite hard to get people to invest in their health, isn't it? Yes. Where you know they'll they'll spend a lot of money getting their car service, perhaps. Yeah. But they'll bulk at the same kind of money getting their body serviced. Yep. And yet, and yet, you know, f- for longevity and and you know, feeling as good as you can until it's time for us to go. I mean, that's yeah. the thing, isn't it? It's not. It's not that you can say we're, you're going to definitely live to 100, but if you live to an average age, yeah, what you don't want to do is have the last 15 years of your life hampered through poor health and illness and yeah. lack of ability and things like that. So it's, it's keeping as high as you can until we fall off. Yeah, I'm definitely you're you're pretty you know speaking to the converted there because I, I, that's the analogy that I use all the time, and that is. I would argue that 90% of the population would spend more time and effort 
on and money on getting their car serviced and making sure their car service when a little light comes up on the dashboard than the rest of us do on our health and maintaining that. And unfortunately, I think we're in this society, not meaning to kind of get on my soapbox, where it's kind of seen that health is only really paid attention to once you have a problem, Mm. um, as opposed to, you know, constantly maintaining it. Um, So yeah, I yeah, I definitely agree with that, Matt. I think that's that's a great point. So if we look at, um, you know, the, the products that Amino Man does, you know, you've got lots of bundles on there, you know, you've got lots of different products, you know, from, from the greens products to the, the, the collagen peptides and stuff that you've got on there. Um, you know, when the listeners are looking at this and they're looking at all the various different areas, you know, we've, we've obviously spoken about, we, we kind of take, you know, basic principles first and we look at doing what we can, you know, through either changing habits or, or looking at nutrition. So, you know, what kind of, um, services and products can amino man provide to just kind of take us up that level well well i think i think back to that um needs analysis so the the range the range is really developed in line with um systems in the body which can go wrong so so the the r5 aminos is is was the first product which was designed to encourage um deeper sleep and tissue recovery okay um and it's still it's still the best selling product uh right. then shortly after that the the focus the focus um sustain was developed which is the nootropic stuff so that's the that's focusing for a workout it's um anti fatigue um, yeah it can help with burnout so it's but basically that's the wake up and go solution right and then around other things the the collagen is all about tissue recovery fish oils again you can there's you can there's lots of places you can get fish oils but what people need to look at when they're purchasing a fish oil is um the 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 milligrams of EPA and DHA. So, so the one that I make is 755 milligrams of EPA and 255 milligrams of DHA. And those are the bits in the fish oil, which regulate cellular metabolism and inflammation. Yeah. So you could look at that and say, well, actually that, that tub of a hundred tablets costs 40 quid and I can get one for 25 from, yeah another high street store but yep. then you might you might look in the in the other product and you have you're having to take six capsules to get the same dose yeah so you just you can just do a comparison like for like and then and also thinking about well is are the ingredients sourced sustainably you know ethically what's the purity of the ingredients like is everything that i can make organically is is an organic ingredient right. some some you just some you just can't get the organic certification on and then there's there's a bit of bread and butter in there so there's you know there's a very good whey protein a very good plant protein um there's there's a very a highly bioavailable form of curcumin so that's okay that's a wide widely studied nutrient for for you know for brain health and regulating inf- inflammation yeah so sort of uh, uh, and then there's two types of adaptogens so adaptogens are herbs which increase resilience in the body mm-hmm. so they're, they're herbs that either grow in very adverse circumstances so high altitude yeah extreme cold or they grow really prolifically so and Actually, by consuming these herbs, they transfer their properties into the host. Okay. So you can you can just you know you can cope with more when you use when you use adaptogens. Yeah. Um. I even even though it's better for me for people to like take lots of different things, I don't. I normally get people on two or three things to begin with. 
just because if you start taking 12 things all at once, you just won't know what's working, what's yeah. not. And also yeah. it can be really overwhelming for people. So even, even actually if you can start with one or two things, that's a good place to start. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely agree with that because otherwise, yeah, you you can end up, like I said previously, really spending a lot of um, money on supplements, and you, like you say, you don't know um, what ones are having the effect, and you don't know necessarily that you know which one is making you feel better, or you know which one is is right for for you in terms of what you're naturally deficient in right now. So, so yeah, I think that's 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 a great point. So in terms of um, five key actions that, that dads listen to this or men in general really could to, could take away to improve ac- across their, their performance, I guess it, it comes back to some of the stuff that we've, we've discussed. But what would you recommend would be your five key tips for, for people listening today, Matt? Well, yeah, that's a good one, isn't it? It's like, uh, <laughs> I, I mean, um, for, I, food first. Yep. Yeah, so fi- fix the diet before you consider any supplement supplementation. Yep. Uh, that's really important. So everything, the foundation is built on a quality diet. Then look at stress and sleep. Yeah. So optimize those two things. And then um, get the best training program or recovery program that you can possibly get. Yep. So those would be my first three. Okay. Then I would say um, detailed needs analysis. Yep. So that would be um, questionnaires are quite good, you know. Okay. But always nice to back those up with a with hard science and hard data. Yeah. Uh, so ho- hormones. If you if you're feeling lackluster, then a hormonal profile would be a good idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, basic bloods. So nutritional bloods. So like you said, there's there's a ton of companies that are doing these types of service yeah either at home kits i use i use a central london lab i can refer people in there if they're interested okay um, um or you could go for medichecks thriver something like that yeah what i've found with the with those ones is the skin prick tests are quite it's quite difficult to fill up the little veils of blood right just from a skin prick so so actually taking a venous draw is a lot easier a lot less hassle yeah um and then but yeah based on those based on those readings and wearables wearables give you a ton of information that yeah great so yeah deciding on a a wearable that you're happy with Mm -hmm. um and then on the back of that you'd leap into number five which would be performance supplementation okay and that would be everything we just discussed really prioritizing need pick two to three things which are going to fix your problems quickly and then if if you're really into your training then you can expand from there yeah yeah i think uh, i think that's that's great uh five actions that, that people can look at i think again you know for me it comes back to 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 starting simple first um you know starting at the basic principles and and tracking like you say knowing yourself knowing your body paying attention to how you're feeling and not just kind of brushing it off that it's like normal um and you made a great point at the beginning of of the episode around you know if you you should feel as good at, at 65 as you did at 25 and i think Unfortunately, society has meant that we kind of seem to accept that as we get past this magic number of 40 that we start to deteriorate. And that absolutely does not, you know, need to be the case. Um, It's just kind of, yeah, maintaining yourself better than you maintain your car. So um, it's, uh, yeah, it's been great talking to you today, Matt. So is there... Is there anything that um, I didn't ask you that you feel I should have asked you, which would benefit the listeners? Um, no, I don't think so. I think that was that was pretty comprehensive. That was a good yeah. chat. Really good. Cool. Yeah. Excellent. So, how can how can people connect with you, Matt? Where can they go and find Amino Man? What's your socials and all that kind of good stuff? Um, well, my email is really easy to remember. It's M- Matt, M-A-T-T, at AminoMan.com. And Amino Man is just the word Amino, 
and then man. Yep. That's the same handle as the website. If you wanted to go and have a look, there's, cool. there's a um, pretty extensive blog section on there. So lots of, lots of nice articles on all the areas we've spoken about overtraining and sleep and everything like that. Motivation. Um, Instagram is Amino Man Matt or Amino Man Nutrition. Okay. And Twitter, I don't use that much, but it's at Matt Lovell. Awesome. That'd be great. Okay. Well, that's, um, yeah, like I said, it's been great to have you on today, Matt. It's been really interesting talking about all the various different areas of supplementation and, and basic principles um, that people can follow. And we'll put links to obviously all your socials and, um, you know, the website in the show notes. So, yeah, it's been great talking to you, Matt. Hopefully we'll catch up again soon and um, enjoy the rest of your day. You too. Thanks a lot. Thanks again for having me on. No worries. Thanks for listening to the Fitter Healthier Dad podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please hit subscribe. And I would really appreciate if you could leave a review on iTunes. All the links mentioned in the episode will be in the show notes. And a full transcription is over at fitterhealthierdad.com.